Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about doctrine and theology. These are topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, and out of their reach. And we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives we live. We do this because we agree with what theologian and pastor D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said. It is no good being a great theologian if you deny it all by your behavior. If you're rude to your wife or your children or to your next door neighbors, you are a denier of the gospel. We want to help you be strong in your faith doctrinally, knowledgeable in and of the word theologically, and grow in your love for Jesus exponentially. Today's podcast continues with the 33 things that occur instantaneously at the moment of salvation to every believer. We've already discussed a few dozen of these treasures of divine grace, beginning with episode 104. If you missed any of these podcasts, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. I went back and counted how many we've done. It has not you been did. a few dozen. It has not. How many it, has it, it been? <laughs> it feels like it. It's, I think it's been 20. Okay. But the other, th- we've only got two more or three more of these in okay. this series and we're done. Okay. And the other 33 things, you say, well, you know, if we do... 23, then we're missing 10. (laughs) We covered those other 10 things in previous podcasts. We sure did. We sure did. Well, hey, before doing that, we want to thank you, as always, for leaving us ratings and reviews. And one recent review from Betsy CISC says, so important and so helpful. Thank you, Pastor Jeff and Jen, for the wonderful biblical education. You're helping to clear up a lot of long-term questions and setting our minds and hearts in the right direction. Grateful to you for these podcasts. That's That's so kind. Yes. Thanks, Betsy. And we certainly enjoy doing it and preparing this for you all. We're grateful for each rating and review because it helps us get the word out to more and more people about Kitchen Table Theology. All righty. Are we ready to get started for the day? Let's jump in. Hello again, everybody. And thanks for joining us. And Jen, as we record this. Yes. (laughs) You... What was that? Yes. <laughs> We've talked about yes. Yes. Haven't we? Okay. I think yeah. so. The old guy in my church back in Atlanta, when <laughs> instead of saying amen, you would just hear yes. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. We did that, and it rings a bell now. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as we record this, mm-hmm. we, the, the midterm election day will very shortly be on us. So here in the Palmetto State, mm-hmm. I looked it up. We have a Senate seat, some congressional seats. Many, as a matter of fact, and the governor's office at stake, along with a long list of municipal elections. So, Jen, are you usually a voter in most of the elections, oh, or yeah. do you wait for the large every four year national stuff? Or you? No, I would say most elections. I like the stickers, so I go for the stickers. And you just like parade yeah. yourself around. Mm-hmm. I voted. Yeah, you got. I mean, and you get free stuff too. If you go around. What? Well, where are you going to vote? Oh, you I get like to... a free donut at Krispy Kreme. You get where like is a, this at? All over the place. Not where I you vote. You need to look up. A list. Well, well they you don't have tell to you vote where the, they tell you to no, vote. No, they. You, it's not at the polling center. Then you go and you show your sticker to oh. all these places, and then you get the free stuff. I had no idea. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've been missing. Yes, it's all about the sticker. I mean, it has nothing to do with my civic duty. I had no idea this, is, this was part of the American democratic <laughs> yep, process. It is. Okay. <laughs> uh, why did I ask you that? Oh, yeah. So, well, so far, 
in this country. Yep. And we have listeners from other countries, but here in America, you have to be a citizen of where you vote. Mm -hmm. In any nation, as a citizen of your country, you are granted certain rights. For example, in most every country, you've got the right to vote, the right to work, the right to pay taxes. I think every country has that, even Mm -hmm. though that's a right I would happily (laughs) bypass if I could. Spiritually, Regardless of where you live or grow up, if you belong to God, you are not just a citizen of your country. You are also a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, I wonder how many of us who live in the United States have a full understanding of what it is to live in a kingdom. You know, we haven't lived under a king since 1776. She's got a big smile on her face. (laughs) But very often in scripture, we read about the kingdom of God and that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And because we're Christians and are citizens of God's kingdom, does that not come with the advantages and responsibilities? Mm -hmm. So... Can you fill us in on what that term kingdom of God means for us? Yeah. So let's begin with the word kingdom. A kingdom is simply a territory ruled by a king. I'm almost embarrassed to say that's so simple. (laughs) A territory ruled by a king. Therefore, God's kingdom is a territory ruled and controlled by God himself. Now, when we think of kingdoms... We often think of the physical domain, right? That the Queen of England's recent passing has led to her son Charles assuming the throne. Mm-hmm. And he is now referred to as His Royal Majesty King Charles III. And we assume that he is king over England. And then if people know a little bit more about geopolitics, he's king over Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But did you also realize he's king of Australia? He's king of New Zealand. He's king of Belize. He's king of Jamaica. He's king of the Solomon Islands. And there's a long list of places and territories over which he is king. <laughs> and then, you know, the other na- member nations of the Commonwealth. Now, he's, some of them he is not king, but they're still in the Commonwealth, but they're few and far between. That sort of thing we can get our heads around. There's a king. On certain occasions, they dress up and put a crown on his head. But we cannot apply that understanding to the kingdom of God because it goes way beyond that. In our present state, the kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual one. It's not about land or territory. It all begins in the heart of a human being. And because God is not really interested, I would think, in taking physical territory. Not right now. Not yeah, not right <laughs> there's, now. There's Hello, nod to eschatology. Yes. yes. He doesn't have to be because he already owns it. However, mm-hmm. this is not true of a person's heart because God does not automatically rule there. Yeah, that's right. right. He does not. When When God is looking to establish his kingdom in the earth, he does this in the hearts of men and women. So he works from the inside out, really. Some people mistakenly believe that God wants to take over the political system, the media, and every other worldly system to promote his agenda. But what God really wants is to take over the reign in a person's heart, because when he does that, everything else will follow. And Jen, this idea of citizenship in God's kingdom, that finds expression many places, but I'm thinking of the words of Paul in Philippians 3.20. So would you kindly read that for us? It's probably one most people have are familiar with this verse. Sure. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, does it then what does it then mean to be a citizen of God's kingdom? Yeah, I think there's many benefits that come from that. So let's let's just look at a few. First of all, as a citizen, we're under God's dominion. I think it starts there. The kingdom of God is it's not entered into by force, but by choice. 
He could force us to surrender, but he doesn't. So we've got to choose to live under the Lordship of Christ. This means we willingly live our lives by his commands, and we guide our lives by the constitution, as it were, of God's kingdom, which is the Bible, the Word of God. So as a kingdom citizen, you align with God's Lordship by aligning your life with what he has said in his Word. And when you subject yourself to his kingship, then you give him the right to have the final authority over your life, every choice, every decision that you make. If you don't live in that fashion, then you are not really and truly living under his kingdom authority. And where there are, uh, when there is real kingdom authority, you lay aside your opinions because you're going to follow what the king desires. In other words, you don't debate with the king. Hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. anybody who's ever tried that <laughs> in history is probably lost, but you serve the king at his pleasure. And what he says is what you do. But again, this isn't by force, it's by choice. And God is the only king that gives us the freedom to choose whether we will submit to his kingship or lordship. Mm-hmm. However, if you're if you're going to be a citizen of his kingdom, you've, you've got to choose surrender right out of the gate. So then as kingdom citizens, we live and move and, as they say, have our being under mm-hmm. God's dominion. What else? Okay, we're also defended and protected by God. The, the good part of being a citizen of God's kingdom is that we live under his protection. I love this verse in John 10. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. And later he says, No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So we're defended and protected. And that means in Christ, our position in the kingdom is secure and no one can remove us outside of Christ himself from that position. Mm. Now, this doesn't mean that we won't face hardships or pain of some sort because God has not set up his physical kingdom in the earth yet. However, you can be confident knowing that as a citizen of God's kingdom, your salvation is safe and protected in Christ. Well, as citizens, we are under God's dominion, defended and protected by God. What other rights and privileges are ours as citizens of God's kingdom? Yeah, there's so many others, but we'll just look at one or two more here. As citizens, you know, we're under his dominion, we're defended and protected by him, and then we also receive God's resources, Hmm. which that's pretty sweet. If, If you're a citizen of God's kingdom, this means the king is responsible for your provision. So he, he has allowed us access to his resources. Again, we turn to something Jesus said. So Jen, will you read that in Matthew chapter six? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. As kingdom citizens, our responsibility is to surrender to Christ's right. lordship. Mm-hmm. And when we do, he's promised to make every provision for us, yep. allowing us to have access to his resources. Just to yeah, we, rephrase that. You know, I think in, in this culture especially, don't worry, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? That That is like an overwhelming theme of thought mm. with people. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's a new season. What am I going to wear? <laughs> Where are we going to go eat tonight? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's just like a daily thing. Sure. And he says, don't worry about it. So, yeah, it's that's getting his provision is huge for us. So, well, that's one. And you got one more for us, I believe. We've seen that as citizens, we are under God's dominion, defended and protected by God, and we receive God's resources. What other rights and privileges are ours as well? 
I think this is one of the most important aspects, and it's that we must surrender to his purpose. So now his purpose is part of our lives. You recall how Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's in the Lord's prayer. So surrender to his lordship and his kingship means surrendering to his will and his agenda. Now, undoubtedly, this has become a struggle for many people because we become confused as to what God's agenda is, and we mix it with our own selfish motives and our own agendas and other ideas that don't come from God's word. So if we want to know his agenda and we want to live under it, we've got to turn to the Bible. Now, there are some very specific things God wants us to do in accomplishing his will, and that's part of the specific plan for your life and mine. There are some things that we know are part of his desire for all kingdom citizens, so all of us. Things like sharing the gospel with those who are lost without Christ. We're all called to do that. We're all called to make disciples. We're all called to pray to build our relationship with the King, who really is our Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. and, and we're all called to obey His commands. And, you know, we could go more in depth, but generally speaking, this is what kingdom citizens should be doing. So I think those four things we mentioned, God's dominion, defended and protected by Him, receiving His resources, surrendering to His purpose, these these are things that I think are really imp- important. They're They're at the heart of what God's purpose and agenda is here on earth. And anything else, you know, when we get too far away from those things, we get sidetracked in the other areas, and they often have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I suppose then that we would do these things not because we want to accomplish our will on earth, but because we want to accomplish God's will on earth, which should be the desire of every kingdom citizen. So any final thoughts there? Well, you know, now that you've asked, maybe maybe <laughs> one more thing, and perhaps it's it's perhaps it's the most important one. If you're part of his kingdom, then you inherit eternal life because his kingdom will last forever. And we know that we will spend eternity in the presence of the King of Kings and get to enjoy the benefits of his kingdom forever and ever and ever and ever. And I think that's the ultimate reward, the ultimate gift, maybe, mm-hmm. of being a citizen of God's kingdom. And how incredibly awesome that that truly is. It is. It's a wonderful reality when we just think about that citizen of heaven. Something else that happens instantaneously at the moment of salvation. So remember this, <laughs> folks. If you listen to this before Election Day and you're standing in line for an hour or two, you can cogitate on the fact that you are a citizen of heaven, even as you exercise your earthly and national citizenship right to vote. And as a side note, you can look up all the places that you can get free stuff with your sticker. Well, I'm going to do that now. We're going to (laughs) talk after the podcast is over. Well, hey, y'all, thanks so much again for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. Please do take a moment, if you would, to rate and review this podcast, including on Spotify and iTunes. It helps new listeners find the show, and we want to spread the Kitchen Table Theology love. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. Please log on to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. 
You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.